Welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast by Focus on the Family Singapore. When we have difficulty conceiving, it can be great turmoil and stress to our marriage. How do we play the waiting game well? Hello and welcome to the Connect to Marriage podcast. I'm Gary and I'm your host for this episode. In this episode of the Connect to podcast, we'll be tackling questions that couples ask about marriage, communication and conflict and so much more. We hope you'll keep tuning in to learn with us as you grow closer, deeper and stronger in your marriage. Our topic today is on dealing with infertility. Navigating the uncertainties surrounding family planning can be tough. So let's figure it out together. Many couples think that it is ideal to enjoy the first one or two years of marriage and to leave starting a family till after this honeymoon period. But sometimes we also hear of couples having difficulty conceiving when the ideal time for starting a family comes. What do we do when facing infertility? And how do we deal with the marital stress that often comes along with it? Today, we are privileged to have Mark and Sue to share their journey with us. Mark and Sue are educators and counsellors, and they run a training consultancy called The Social Quotient, which conducts training on life skills such as parenting, mental wellness, and special needs. Well, Mark and Sue, welcome. Hi, Gary. Glad to be here. Thank you. For listeners tuning in today, for the first time, if you don't know who Mark and Sue are, uh, I'll leave the two of you to introduce yourselves a little more. I'm Mark, so I do training. We work in the schools and we do in the areas of mental wellness, in the areas of parenting, in the areas of special needs, counsellor as well. Hi, I'm Sue. I'm a counsellor and an educator by training yeah, and also by practice because I homeschool my two boys who are aged 13 and 11 this year. We are both very passionate about mentoring, working with young people and parenting. Yeah, anything counselling and related to the social emotional. Thank you for having us today. Thank you for joining us. Uh, well, on the topic of infertility, uh, maybe you can just share with our listeners uh, that journey of infertility that perhaps you all have experienced or work with couples uh, and who are in that journey. I think our journey began, our oldest is now 13, so at least about 14 years ago. Before marriage, I already knew that I would have issues. I have a condition called endometriosis. Yeah, it has to do with a uh, formation of uh, cysts and fibroids and other things uh, in the womb and the surrounding area. Yeah, and so I went for a surgery when I was a young adult because I had an ovarian cyst. Yeah, and so I suppose I went into marriage with both eyes open and having shared this condition with Mark as well before the marriage. When he went to check, I think he also found that there were issues on his side. Yeah, and so we knew that we would not, you know, in a sense, have the honeymoon period to wait too long, especially since we were later uh, in terms of the age that we both married at as well in our earlier 30s. I guess we went into marriage with the full understanding that we would face issues of infertility. Uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about the honeymoon period. We, we did wait about a year or two before embarking on um, the journey to have a child. Yeah, so when we visited the gynecologist, he did tell us that our chances of conceiving were very slim. And I think although we knew when we first got married that we would have some issues hearing it firsthand from the doctor is a different thing. Yeah, so, you know, going through the whole process of uh, grief, acceptance, loss, 
I think took a long time. Yeah, especially for me. I think as a, a woman, the desire to conceive your child biologically and to experience all that comes with pregnancy. I know some people say, you know, they'd rather not go through it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think just uh, conceiving your own offspring is uh yeah part of you know self-actualization and uh, what i was hoping to go through as well for me as well i mean i've always wanted children something that was important to us so when you all shared about your own the past and and all the, the the challenges you personally have in your own bodies share with us some of the emotions that y'all both had to deal with as a couple Yes, I think grief is a very real thing. Grief comes in stages. It's always like an onion, you know, just as you peel one layer, you realize that there's another layer you didn't deal with. And the grief can come at the most inopportune times. So for example, Mother's Day every day was really actually mourning for me. <laughs> I would go to church and then just cry, cry, cry when it's, it's a celebration for everyone else. Yeah, so after a while, we made the decision for me not to go for Mother's Day service. <laughs> just to spare myself <laughs> the unnecessary grief. Yes, I think grief was a very big part of it. Yeah, and also when yeah, our friends started having children and all, mm. uh, the baby showers and all, the first month and stuff like that, those were hard occasions. And I think we chose not to attend quite a few of them. That was just hard. Yeah, and also for men, the emotions hit you in a different way, I think. Sometimes it's your wife's emotions that actually uh, get to you a lot as well. And so that actually is uh, what happens oftentimes, I think, is when the wife gets emotional, then the husband gets uh, uh, affected by the emotions, and then the husband gets emotional. So one affects the other and vice versa. Thanks for sharing. Uh, I can relate to that. I think for my wife and I, after that honeymoon period, right, of one year, we, we also wanted to have children. We really wanted to, but it did quite happen. You know, and months became a year and then two years and then uh, it just went on to, I think by the time, uh, it was almost five years later, then uh, we found out that, okay, she was she was pregnant, you know, by which time like we were also uncertain, is this true or not true? Because you've been discouraged so often and uh, quite disheartened. Uh, maybe also for the two of you uh, on that journey, uh, you know, avoiding Mother's Day uh, and in Singapore when we have Chinese New Year, I don't know whether you all avoided Chinese New Year <laughs> because it's always the same question, right? Uh, like if you're Singaporean, when are you going to get married? After you get married, when are you going to have kids? Then they see you again, when are you going to have kids? It's always the same question and sometimes we don't quite know what to say or, or we just think of a lame reason. Uh, but, but how did you finally decide to the next course of action? Yeah, so we went away for Chinese New Year. We ended up in KL where there was nobody because in Malaysia, everybody goes back to their hometown. <laughs> I still remember very clearly sitting in the middle of empty street <laughs> yeah, looking for food that was uh, not Chinese because uh, all the Chinese stores were closed. I realized through this journey that it can be a very lonely one. Yeah, that's another emotion that we definitely faced. And unless someone has gone through, you know, the infertility journey, like you mentioned with you and your wife as well, Gary, it's really very hard for them to understand. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of anger. Sometimes people said things that showed they really didn't understand. Oh, you know, you all just need to relax, go on a holiday, you know, and the baby will come and, you know. Go on a cruise, go on a cruise. They like to use go on a cruise. Hawaii, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and you know, here you are trying so hard, going through IVF, injecting yourself every day and, and all that. But I've realized at the end of the day, I cannot really blame somebody who hasn't journeyed the same journey because they really don't understand. A lot of people out of concern for us, you know, out of their life, for us they don't know what else to say so they just come up 
with something. Yeah, I mean, it's like in counselling, sometimes you do, uh, you try to make light of somebody else's situation, you know, by using words like at least, you know, <laughs> uh, things like that, which don't really help because you may not fully understand what the other person is going through. So rather than saying something like, oh, at least you have a wife or you know, something like that, which is may not be as empathetic, you could say, oh, that must be hard. So something like that, uh, which could show some form of concern rather than trying to impose your views on the other person. So, I mean, yeah, that's what we went through and that's what we would say to uh, people who just don't know what to say because the, the, that's the reality. Sometimes we may have friends who may be going through the situation and we just do not know what to say to them. And so we try to console them in our own words, but we just don't know what the words to say. So it's really okay to say something like, uh, I, <laughs> I'm i sorry that you're going through this. I don't know what to say, but I, I'm thinking of you or I'm praying with you. These are that. I think that really... Uh, will help the person more that oh yeah you can try this or you can try that or try this tcm or try this or yeah so or drink these herbs or whatever yeah thanks i think that's helpful because i agree with you when people out of good intention or direct they really don't know what to say then they say something then <laughs> i mean after a while you just be polite and oh thank you thank you but deep down you know that's not really helpful uh, not even encouraging but you also don't want to <laughs> to put them down right now but the, the anger, the emotions, the discouragement, the question about why, 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 mm. I mean, you always go through that um, until finally comes to the point where you just need to decide how to, to progress. And how did the two of you decide to move forward in light of all this? Marriage is one of the most rewarding things in life. Yet navigating marriage as newlyweds or an engaged couple can sometimes get overwhelming. Whether it's managing expectations of the in-laws, getting a good grasp of your family finances, or establishing good habits of communication and healthy conflict. Focus on the Family Singapore's Marriage Preparation Program aims to help you build a solid foundation in the early years and prepare you for the adventure of your life. Visit family.org.sg slash c2marriageprep for more information today. So essentially, we just wanted a child, right? So going through two rounds, three rounds of IVF, and yeah, it just didn't seem to work. And yeah, I mean, like Sue said earlier on, the injecting uh, the hormones into you and all that is painful, but actually the most painful part of IVF is the two-week wait. Yeah, so I think IVF, I really wouldn't wish it on anyone. <laughs> I think it's a medical procedure where you have no idea what the end result is going to be. So there is so much that is out of our control, even with the progress of science. And I think, you know, the conception of a human being is, it can only go so far. Medical science can only go so far. I think really it is a miracle each child that comes into being. Yeah. And so it, it's a really difficult process. I think physically demanding, uh, demanding on the emotions and so on. Yeah. But we decided to give it a go because we thought we want to know that we have exhausted all our chances as well. So we did that for two or three cycles. I was actually pregnant, but they couldn't find the fetus in my womb. To this day, I'm not sure what happened, but it was really a very grueling process. And at that time, I decided to stop work yeah, because it was really very stressful and, you know, just to focus on uh, starting a family. So that was one of the decisions we made. I, I think it's good to acknowledge that we cannot do everything at once and 
Yeah, just acknowledge that, you know, that there's a season for everything. Yeah, and just taking a break. I think it really helped our marriage as well. Yeah, because it was very stressful trying to conceive uh, after a while. And yeah, different people have different questions and like, for IVF itself, or is it, are you creating a life? Some questions that were asked, but uh, we, I mean, we came to terms that essentially, I mean, yes, this IVF doctor has a 30% success rate, or the other one is 40%. Ultimately, humans cannot create babies, right? They are divine, right? So conception is divine, right? That's what we believe as Christians. So that's where we came to the terms of it, that um, at the end of the day, it's really not up to us. And as we said, we will be exhausted, whatever possible options we had, and then we decided to move on uh, following that. So now, you do have two sons? <laughs> yes, they just appeared out of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> one day, we, we did not have a child, the next day they did. Uh, of course, I'm, I'm talking about adoption. That's the insane part about adoption. One day, you get a call to say, you know, there's a child, and the next day, the child is in your house. So <laughs> that's adoption, <laughs> which is crazy in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, Mark was a lot more ready to explore adoption. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I was still grieving the loss of not being able to carry a child in my womb. So I took longer to come to terms with it. But after I researched, you know, we mentioned we are Christians. So adoption is in line with what we believe religiously. And for me, my mentors are always books. Yeah, whenever I go through a difficult thing, I'll acquire a whole stack of books and, <laughs> and read through it. Uh, yeah, and I also wanted to mention in our infertility journey, what helped me was really a forum online, you know, where there were ladies who had gone through it, I think in the US and in other parts of the world. And I found because they had gone through the process, they really understood more than anybody else I had walked with. So I would encourage you to find a couple who has gone through infertility issues before because uh, I find it's really hard for anybody else to understand. Processed it, prayed through it, and we really came to terms with, yes, this is the road forward. I think it's really important that husband and wife are in this together because adoption is not an easy process as well. Yeah, and you really both need to be on board. I mean, I, I would say that for actually every aspect of um, the marital family life journey, I think every decision has to be made uh, in tandem. Both husband and wife have to agree. We had to decide that together. Uh, adoption, I mean, husband and wife, we decided it together. Subsequently, when we uh, went to fostering, we also were on the same page and our two other kids also were on the same page as that. So we believe very strongly that we really do need to decide things together as a couple and as a family. Thank you. That's the, the essence because the journey of infertility, you both need each other to support each other. Then choosing to adopt or not to adopt or how to go forward, we both need to make that decision together rather than I decide and you just follow what I want to say and do. You know, in each podcast, we address a frequently asked question that couples have about marriage. And today's question is this. My husband and I have decided to go ahead with IPF even though the costs are so high. But we've been trying for about eight months and are still not able to conceive. I'm starting to feel really anxious and I think it's affecting our marriage too. What can we do? That really is a hard question because uh, the whole process of trying to conceive is very trying, both in terms of the body as well as in terms of the emotions and in terms of the relationship between the husband and the wife. So I think that's the first thing to look at is to examine the relationship between the husband and wife. If it's a source of tension, the question is what causes the tension? Uh, what causes the stress? And why is that so? And I think that the couple should be open to talk about the stresses and then move on subsequently. As Mark mentioned earlier, males and females really process grief very differently or it might be, you know, just due to individual personalities. So it's important to have an open communication line 
Yeah, I remember I used to really overwhelm Mark when he came back from work and that's all I could talk about, the latest like treatment or, you know, how I was feeling. Yeah, so I remember at one point, I don't know whether you remember, we had this like rule. So I cannot talk more than half an hour about this <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, he'll get overwhelmed, then he'll get emo and then end up, you know, getting upset as well. And then we'll both be really grouchy. It's a good principle for any conflict that we are facing, you know, just remember that there's more to life than that. Yeah, and I remember I picked up crocheting as well. I mean, it's quite random, but yeah, I, I think just trying to focus on something else other than this one and only thing because life just goes on, right? The other aspects of life, could it be work, a hobby or holiday? It's easier said than done. Yeah, but I think it's really important to practice that cognitive discipline, not to let it overwhelm your whole life. Yeah. The other thing that I'm also hearing in the question is the cost. Yes, the cost of IVF is high. The more times you do it, the lower the grant gets. I mean, I would say count the cost. Right, so IVF is one avenue of choice. The other avenue is adoption, which is also costly in its own way. <laughs> but uh, I would say it's important to count the cost. I think even before you embark on it, because if you look through the entire process, you are hindered by the cost at the last minute. Then that might actually affect the marital relationship as well. Thank you so much for taking the time to share your candid and heartfelt journey. You know, in each podcast, we end off with a couple challenge for couples to do and share with each other. So if you're listening to this with your spouse, take the next five minutes to share with each other your thoughts and fears about starting a family. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. In our next podcast, we will dive deeper into this topic and explore how couples can stay strong. So do tune into that. If you're looking for more practical resources to grow your marriage, do visit our website at family.org.sg to browse our articles or check out our upcoming marriage program. We hope you have followed and subscribed to our Connect2 podcast and share this episode with a friend who may also benefit from it. Thank you for tuning in and until next time, take care of yourself and your spouse.